0: Bill Barr had a standing order, didn't want to hear about it, didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to know it. Barr, the railhead, it all goes back to Barr. Trump's Attorney General, William
1: Barr, who left right before January 20th, 2021, along with President Trump's FBI Director, Christopher Wray, who is still... There under Biden should tell everything you need to know about Christopher Ray. Both of those individuals were key players in the stealing of the 2020 election. Let's break it down.
0: We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration. Before this, we have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.
1: Let's head back to 2020 when then Attorney General Bill Barr and FBI Director Chris Frey destroyed elections in the United States of America. Their actions and their inactions were instrumental in Bill Barr and Chris Ray being active participants in the massive criminal fraud of the 2020 election. Let's look first at the GBI Strategies Democrat-funded ballot registration harvesting scandal, which the FBI to this date has done nothing about. The massive ballot registration fraud by GBI Strategies was done in Michigan and every battleground state, and it's a Democrat-funded operation. And Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel last year in August confirmed that 8,000 to 10,000 suspected fraudulent ballot registrations were delivered to the Muskegon, Michigan city clerk prior to the 2020 election. No one has been arrested. Nothing has been done. And this has been completely swept under the rug. Not once, but twice. And who was there this entire time that should have been looking into this? If we can't trust the Attorney General of the state of Michigan? Well, that would be Christopher Ray, of the FBI. Or the current Merrick Garland of the DOJ. But he wasn't there in 2020, so we're not going to discuss his I'm talking about Merrick Garland's continued efforts in hiding all of this. All right, what I'm showing you here is a redacted police report in which there were eight to 10,000 ballots dropped off in a town of about 30,000 people. That's odd. A town of about 30,000 people get 8 to 10,000 drop-offs. The handwriting's the same, phone numbers are fake, addresses are fake. And yet, this is the f- 2020 was the freest and fairest election ever, and nothing was done. FBI, AG Bill Barr didn't step in to do anything. A redacted police report describes how Muskegon City Clerk Meesh encountered a woman dropping off eight to 10,000 completed voter registration applications. Meesh found this unusual since the voting population of Muskegon at the time was around 30,000 individuals, so she immediately reported this to authorities. The registrations included the same handwriting, non-existent addresses, and incorrect phone numbers. An investigation found that the woman who turned in the fraudulent ballot registrations worked for GBI Strategies, the Democrat-funded group with operations across the state. GBI Strategies was funded by Dark Money Super PAC, Black PAC, who paid them $11 million, $254,919, to register voters for Biden. Now, during the investigation, police found the following. They found guns. Why would voter registration operation need firearms? Interesting. They found burner phones. Why wouldn't the people working for GBI Strategies just use the regular cell phones? Burner phones. Now, I'm all about privacy. Don't get me wrong. But why would a whole entire operation depend on untraceable phones? That's interesting. Prepaid cash cards, usually used to pay people for Something that they've done, perhaps illegally, without being able to trace it. And incomplete registrations were found where GBI Strategies had set up operations in the state. They had set up operations in a defunct eyeglass store. And they were operating in several locations around the state. Totally above board, there was nothing. Now, how does this tie back to Christopher Ray and Bill Barr? Well, the investigation was sent to the FBI and it died a slow death. Gateway Pundit released a report in August of 2023 and Attorney General Nessel was now under the limelight. She was in the limelight. This was getting attention again. So a few days later, she announced, you know, after initially being silent, that she would send it to the FBI for a second time. Christopher Ray has ignored the massive scandal to this day. And Bill Barr was reported to have killed the investigation at the time. Now, at the time on this show, we played you a clip of Andrew Closter, a former Trump administration general counsel personnel, talking to Steve Bannon about how, in fact, they were aware of this Michigan voter fraud report back in 2020. And he said that there was an arrest at the time. And that it was Bill Barr who had killed the investigation. Let's go back into the archives and see that clip again.
0: Foster joins us. Andrew, you were over with Johnny McEntee in in the Trump white house in the fall of 2020. Were you not, sir? Correct. And so you're, you're a white house official and Johnny McEntee ran a great shop over there. Uh, Just, T- tell me your story related to this situation that's come up the last couple of days of gateway pundit breaking the story on the situation in 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 Michigan about these about these uh, uh, applications, uh, voter registration applications uh, in in uh, in Michigan. Can you walk me through your knowledge of this?
2: Sure. So it was kind of funny. i I, I saw GBI strategies on a tweet. And I immediately went down the rabbit hole because it brought back a lot of memories of the waning days of the Trump administration. So this was right before the election 2020. I was in the White House. I was also uh, at the uh, Office of Personnel Management, so I was like the main personnel attorney, government-wide, and hatchet man and all of that. And I did a lot of spot projects um, and fixing just generally across the admin on on behalf of the president and his agenda. And I got— through, I have a lot of contacts. You know, I've been in the movement for a long time. I was at Heritage. I've worked with lots of people at the state level. Um, I did the Wisconsin investigation for Gableman. So I, I have a wide network, and I got a call um, basically saying, "Look, I've got a spooked law enforcement senior guy, been there like twenty years, unimpeachable record, out in Muskegon, Michigan, and he's got a story that we think is worth looking into."
1: All right. So this is Andrew uh, Kloster. With Steve Bannon back in August of last year saying that, first of all, Andrew Kloster is a Trump loyalist. He is one of the guys that was there trying to get out the deep state. And he gets this report from a senior non-political guy over in Michigan that is like, we've got something big here. You guys have to look at it. So it's very important we establish that these are law and order guys that are trying to do the right thing with pristine reputations. They are not partisan actors. They are law enforcement and lawyers trying to look into what the hell was going on in October. This is late October of 2020, a week or so before the general elections.
2: And that's exactly what Gateway Pundit's talking about. So I can confirm a lot of the details and give you some more. What ended up happening is uh, my understanding, I, I reached out and spoke with uh, some law, local law enforcement uh, what happened was there was a woman, uh, my understanding is basically loitering outside of a drop box all day, and she gets picked up by a junior guy and arrested because he's like, what are you doing? You're stuffing this. What's going on? So they routinely, you know, they arrest her, and she basically spills the beans. She's a Democratic operative. She's got filled out ballots, like 7,000 is what I was hearing, and they arrested her. Now, the senior guy, my understanding, was, uh, was off at the time. So the junior guy who picked her up, you know, got her statement and released her and she went back to Detroit. So Muskegon's like the suburbs, Detroit, she went back
1: to Detroit. They had the Democrat operative dead to rights. They had her in custody and she copped to everything. But because the junior guy was there and not the senior guy, he let her go. Can you imagine if the senior guy was there and they hadn't let her go? What more information we would have, because what happened was she was let go, and then they couldn't bring her back because she had left the jurisdiction. And even though she was, she went from Muskegon to Detroit, it's it's a different jurisdiction. They couldn't extradite her back, even though it's the same uh, state, and she was able to go free. If only the senior guy had been there. Well, I don't know. He's on vacation. I don't know what the deal is, but. These are all the little frustrating tidbits that we're getting of good people getting stymied all along the way. And then, of course, Bill Barr and Chris Ray being operatives in not having any reports. They can lie to everybody that this was a fair, fair and free election in 2020.
2: Uh, the senior guy comes back in the next day or later in the day and says, what the hell? You know, you had her dead to rights. Why did you release her? And starts trying to get an extradition order from Detroit. Uh, because this is before the election, we're hearing there could be voter fraud. And here you've got someone basically copping to it and caught with her hand in the cookie jar. Um, Detroit doesn't give an extradition order. And the next thing you know, um, everyone clams up. And I'm hearing, well, Benson's leaning on people, threatening jobs. So when I hear this in the White House, you know, we've got our eyes out, at least the loyal ones.
1: Andrew Kloster considers himself and he is one of the loyal ones to Trump to working for him and his administration, which means, of course, there were a lot of people that were disloyal. People that wanted to just be part of the D.C. Swamp, they knew or they had a feeling that President Trump was going to lose or might lose or they might cheat. Because President Trump, we know they were going they were cheating and, and were going to cheat. Some people were just in it for the money, the fame, the power, being part of the D.C. Swamp, and they did not want to leave. And many people stabbed them in the back. And many people were operatives to try to hold Trump back the whole time. And one of the biggest, if not the biggest disloyal person that was part of the Trump administration that was supposedly working for Trump and on behalf of the American people, of course, is his attorney general, Bill Barr.
2: I try to raise a red flag. I do a little bit of light reaching out, not not to disrupt anything, but just to kind of vet and make sure that I'm dealing with people who aren't lying and people who are are credible. And then I try to reach out to different components within the Trump administration to say, hey, this is, there's at least probable cause here. You know, I'm an attorney. Um, I've worked on some criminal stuff. There's at least probable cause here. Someone should take a look, talk with the relevant law enforcement and figure out what happened here. Because, you know, just as what happened with Georgia, you know, you've got someone basically copying to voter fraud and then, uh, you know, you get the whole story and then the next thing you know, they're, they're, out in Jamaica or whatever, the Dems have, have found the person, co-opted them, told them to shut up, and then, and then plugged all the leaks. Um, well, I got to say, when I raised that issue in the administration, uh, no one was very happy about it. There were basically, my understanding was standing orders not to deal with election matters, both from the White House counsel and from Barr.
1: Now, it wasn't. Bill Barr alone, he was working in concert with the other people that were part of the legal counsel of President Trump. We know a lot of these people folded. They did not go the distance. The whole thing was rigged against President Trump, not just from the outside, but also he was infiltrated from within. And I really have confidence that going into 2024 and when President Trump, uh, God willing, and our prayers and our fight, because we're going to have to fight for this one, folks, that when we fight, we're there watching the polls, we're there screaming, we're there making sure that the, the laws and the rules and regulations are upheld so that we have free and fair elections. So that President Trump on January 20th, 2025 will be inaugurated for his second term, though unfortunately not consecutive as President of the United States, 45 becoming 47. I have confidence that this time around President Trump will be a lot better at weeding out the swamp creatures and the backstabbers than he did his first time around. And I I don't fault President Trump, because it's hard to tell, and he's never been in politics, this was new to him, to know who was on his side and who was backstabbing. Now, there's some things in hindsight, and I think at the time we could have told, uh, tell him that weren't working. He should have got rid of Jeff Sessions a lot earlier. A.J. Bilbar was all talks, stabbed him in the back. Cipollone and other people that were part of supposedly the team were working against him. Maybe he should have kept John Bolton around for so long, or maybe he just needed that advisor there to know what not to do. And I, I think he should just have a litmus test. I've mentioned this before. He should have a litmus test of who gets to work in his new twenty twenty five and forward administration. And one of the first questions he should ask is, "Was that do you believe the twenty twenty election was stolen?" And if they say no or they're hesitant, they shouldn't be part of the administration. There should be other tests as well. That's a test I would uh, pass. And I could see myself uh, passing to be part of the Trump administration. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I have no desire to be a legislator or work in D.C. in any capacity. But if I were tapped to work with the uh, as part of the Trump administration in the second one, I would take that up in a heartbeat.
2: I happen to know Barr's... Uh... Chief of Staff Will Levy, because I had I had worked at Heritage and run a uh, a lunch basically for Senate staffers, and he had he had been a Senate Counsel when I was there, so I knew him. You know, I called him up and tried to put the flag up into the to the Voting Rights Section, uh, CRD, uh, DOJ, and and White House Counsel in a couple different places, and got stiff armed. Uh, and then you know later on, hear from. Uh, Johnny and others that basically then the White House counsel swoops in and starts screaming, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, so that's, that's really the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, see, see a lot of fire, try to raise the flag and get smacked down by weak Republicans in the deep state.
1: I love how people on the left who, let's say in the media or what have you, they're not in government. They say this whole idea of a deep state of an administrative state, of an unelected bureaucratic state, is all conspiracy theory of right-wingers. But you have someone who actually worked in President Trump's administration letting us know that there's a deep state. And folks, it's not just in Washington. This swamp is deep. Its tentacles even go to the different states. That's why this woman who was caught was immediately protected.
0: So... When did this roughly occur? We heard from the Hoffs, their investigation, and, and Patty McMurray in the documents they had. The police report shows this is in October of 2020, before the election. I just want to be as precise as we can with you. When did you? When did this first come to your attention? So about it looks about? like,
2: you know, I looked at the Gateway Pundit thing. It looks like the incident might have occurred on October 8th, but I was getting uh, calls maybe two weeks later. So this is like... You know, the last communication I think I have on it is like the 29th of October, at least with the sources. Um, but, yeah, so this, this occurred in sort of early October, and this woman got arrested. She's a, apparently a known Democratic operative, got released back accidentally, went to Detroit, and then uh, bizarrely, because, you know, in a state, if you're arrested, you know, if you're in one city and you need to get an arrest warrant in some, another city in the state, that's usually pretty easy. It's it's extradition, but it's it's pretty easy because it's in one state. But just Detroit, I guess, just declined to, to pick this woman back up. She was very much protected.
1: Oh, the deep state is, very deep. Remember in Detroit, the TCF or was it the TFC? I think it's the TCF Center. It's now the Huntington Center, but it's the convention center there in Detroit where they had the whole entire operation to rig the election in the state of Michigan through Detroit. And obviously in other places in the state as well, as we've been covering over the last few days. And the deep state is deep in every state. For instance, uh, one of the people that was part of the cover-up is Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of State of Michigan. Kind of like how we have Rat, Rat Bastard Burger, Rat Raffensburger in Georgia, also part of the machine. The machine Meaning, state secretaries of state and people in high positions that are part of the whole rigging operation of the twenty twenty election. Now, for you, this is still earlier in the episode. But at the end of this episode, I remembered that Steve Bannon also spoke to the Hoff brothers about this after speaking to uh, Andrew Kloster, and this is, uh, and I'll and I'll play that. At the end of this episode, it's kind of funny because you're listening to this now, but I actually finished this episode and I'm back editing it because I wanted to insert this because I want to make this point here very clear that this operation wasn't just Bill Barr and Christopher Ray covering these things up. There's lots of operatives involved in this, like George Soros, secretaries of state and district attorneys and attorneys general even that were doing their part like Jocelyn Benson in Michigan.
3: Um, Secretary of State Benson um, somehow involved and and trying to cover up on all of this. And Steve, I can tell you right now that some from some of the clerks that we have spoken to at the Gateway Pundit, some of the clerks in Michigan, they're very upset that they were not notified. About this yeah. investigation. That was a, an investigation by the state police, by the way.
1: All right. Now let's go back to Andrew Koster, who was in the Trump administration and what he found out about this whole police report. Remember, GBI strategies, Democrat funded, and they were caught stuffing ballots, stuffing ballots. We'll get to that Jim Hoft uh, or Joe Hoft part at the end of this episode. But think this is an active rigging of the elections caught by state police in Michigan and covered up and ghosted and no one did anything thanks to all the way in D.C., Bill Barr, the FBI doing nothing, Chris Ray, Secretary of State. Jocelyn Benson is in on this as well.
2: So this happened in October, um, and then I remember seeing a very watered down cover-up police report or or public statement by the Muskegon police later, which didn't say anything about them being actual ballots, kind of watered it down to say it might've been blank applications or something like that, which is still shady. Uh, But they watered it down and kind of buried the story to to cover up the fact of the arrest. But to me, the main thing was that uh, Benson got involved and that she was leaning on these senior people in the county, which is a public corruption issue. You know, you're not allowed to cover up for a crime uh, and threaten people's jobs and say, don't, don't investigate crimes. That's, that's unlawful.
1: Now, we've seen a lot of lawlessness when it comes to uh, elections and election fraud, not just in 2020, but 2022, coming from many of the secretaries of state. Obviously, you have the aforementioned Jocelyn Benson. You have Brat Rat which has been part of the cover-up. You have uh, Katie Hobbs, who totally stole the election for herself as governor in 2022. And then, of course, we know that we have some of these Secretary of State's have been operatives trying to keep President Trump off of the ballot. Think Colorado. So this lawlessness... And these operatives put in as secretaries of state and their actions against the law and the constitution continue even to today in 2024.
0: I just want to make sure, and you raised the flag with people at uh, at Justice, at DOJ, that correct. Or at least were in areas or connected to areas that could have looked into this in October of 2020, Correct.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for example, you know, I did a lot of the, I did all of the senior uh, loyalty tests uh, uh, at the Department of Justice, you know, interviewing people like Jeff Clark or whatever. Um, Really just to, it wasn't loyalty tests, but so I knew a lot of people over there, and I knew people in the Civil Rights Division, which is relevant, and we actually had a couple of career folks uh, that were over there, and so I spoke with them as well. Um, And the signals I got both through, the White House and through the Department of Justice and through the careers of the Department of Justice, it was, it was the same story over and over again. Leadership is not interested in this. We're not even going to make a phone call. And it was very much worth a phone call to, you know, 20-year veteran law enforcement in a state who says, we have evidence of a crime that's relevant to federal jurisdiction. You'd think you'd give them a phone call. But no, they had no interest
1: in it. Of course, no one was making phone calls. No one was following up. The machine, the establishment, which includes rhinos and people in the Trump sphere, were all in on the rigging. Nothing was going to get investigated. Nothing was going to be done. Everyone was paying their part, playing their part or compelled to play their part through blackmail, through threats, through promises of staying in Washington even after President Trump wasn't there. Everyone was playing their part to continue the status quo, to come back into power by rigging the election against President Trump. The rigging was in, and it's so sad. You know, it's a miracle that President Trump did anything with so many backstabbers. It was force of will. It was God Almighty. It was our prayers and the action and support that President Trump got. But it really is a it would be a huge miracle if President Trump got a few things done, but he got a lot done even with all of this animus and fighting against him from within. But maybe they just had enough and they want to just go along with the rigging of the election so they wouldn't have to fight Trump so hard. They could just be part of the swamp and everyone could be beating to the same drum, which of course is detrimental to our constitutional republic.
0: So so, so it, it, I'm going to leave alone in the White House counsel for a second, but So when you hear in the media reported in depth that that Barr sat in the Oval Office and told the president he had asked for reports from the field offices, Detroit and and the the U.S. attorneys in in Michigan being one, and he had asked in Georgia and all these states, including Pennsylvania, and that he got reports back. He has reports, and reports came back that there was no voter fraud whatsoever, right? When he says that, you would say that that would be a lie? Well, I'm a bureaucrat
2: at heart, <laughs> and I would say that's not a lie, because if you cover your ears and you tell them not to make the reports, then there aren't going to be any reports, and you can uh, you can report that honestly. It's kind of like the old saw about Harriet Tubman's dad blindfolding himself so he could say he didn't see his daughter, right? Uh, it's the same thing here. They're They're covering their eyes and ears. They're giving standing orders orally, of course, probably nothing in writing. Uh, to, to bury all this stuff, so when the big boss asks the question, are there reports, you can say, no, there are absolutely no reports.
1: We've seen this in every single movie about corruption and espionage. It's plausible deniability. There's no paper trail. There's no paper trail, so we can just say, we we didn't see any reports of stolen elections. Nod, nod, wink, wink. The, this whole thing just makes me absolutely sick. It, it, it's been going on, it'll, te- it'll continue to go on, and this will be a fight even when President Trump goes back in 2025. It's consistent, it's constant. But hey, all good things, I guess, come at a price. I just wish that the deep state could pay the full price. I really wish that they could be a huge deterrent from these treasonous, traitors, rat bastards doing what they do, because people were getting their just traitors reward. But until that happens, and even when that happens, these things will still happen, they just would happen with a lot less frequency, I
0: would hope. Bill Barr had a standing order, didn't want to hear about it, didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to know it. Barr, the railhead, it all goes back to Barr. All right, so the first
1: uh, thing that we looked at in this report is how this GBI Strategies was able to get... These weren't registrations. These were probably... And because we don't know for sure... But because of the dates... Actually, let me let me find that footage. There, there was a footage later on in the, this same episode of Steve Bannon... Or maybe it was the next day... That Jim or Joe Hoft was with Steve Bannon... And talked about how... They keep reporting this at that time that these were registration... But because of the dates... These may have been early ballots, early mail-in ballots. But regardless whether they were fake registrations or actual early ballots, Bill Barr did nothing to stop or to even investigate this GBI strategies weeks before the election. All right, let me pause here. Let me find that footage of Jim or Joe Hoft going into more detail about what GBI strategies was up to this day on those days in Michigan in late October now th- this is part of a series that I'm that I'm that I'm doing for the next several episodes so in this one we're looking at how Bill Barr and Christopher Ray at the FBI did nothing to stop this GBI strategies not just in Michigan but in other states but we're getting all this stuff out of Michigan because of this investigation done in Muskegon. If this investigation wasn't even happening, we probably wouldn't have as much information as we do. And even with all the information that we have, once again, nothing done because there was a cover up with Bill Barr and Christopher Ray at the FBI.
3: These weren't registrations, but they possibly could have been ballots. Um, and this was in October before the election I don't have the exact dates of when uh, they were collecting the, the uh, absentee ballots, the mail-in ballots, but uh, it sounds about the right time. That is um, that is just really stunning. The fact also that they actually arrested this person, um, that was not in the police report that we have, um, and the fact that they released her and that she went back to Detroit.
1: Okay, so this is uh, the first part of the ways that both Bill Barr and Christopher Ray were complicit in the rigging and stealing of the elections in 2020. Now, in the next part we're going to look at, remember when all of a sudden they magically stopped in several places counting the vote? And then we're going to look at something else as well. So, stay tuned. We'll be back with the second part of how Bill Barr and Christopher Ray, along with other local operatives